So, yeah, people talk about buying old hotels for homeless people. Right. Which is weird. I mean, I get it, right? I mean, if we were in St. Louis in the outskirts of town, I mean, maybe St. Louis is growing like Nashville is. I don't actually know. But if we were in Cookville and there was an empty hotel in the outskirts of town, I say we convert that for homeless people. Right. No, I'm not sure how we do it in Madison and Dickerson Road where... Yeah, well, I don't, but, you know, my concern is the um, the market in Nashville for hotels is such that, one, we don't have a huge number of old hotels that are on the market because you, when you can get $200 a night for a dump, yeah, um, folks aren't going to do it. But, yeah, I just feel like what I keep seeing is old hotels being bought up for creation as new boutique cool hotels. Yeah, so, that's true. Like, what's the one you can go swimming at? Uh, the Dive. The Dive, yeah, the, the Dive, Dive Motel. Yeah. Actually, Joshua likes, my son Joshua, he likes to go there. Evidently, it's a place in the summertime. Yeah, right? they've got a bar and all that kind of stuff. Right, so, they have those things. I think we're on. Right, we're on. So, that's listen, a- uh, welcome back to the long-awaited and much-anticipated DNA Podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. I'm Brian. I'm Jay. We're going to talk about things that relate to Nashville, Tennessee in just a second. All right. Well, so we're back after a long delay. Um, I went yeah, to another. Month, I know right? I went to another country. There's been a month. Yeah. Um, I looked on the calendar and I was like feeling bad, but quite honestly, I'm not. I'm not sure if I have jet lag or culture lag. Well, it sounds like cultural lag from what you told me earlier. Right. It, it's sort of like... Um, well, first of all, we need to say you right. went to Madrid. I did. I went to Madrid. For just a week. Yeah. For your, your wife's birthday. Yes. Um, and it was like a stupidly good deal. It was one of those things where I was like on the interwebs and a price came up that was so good mm-hmm. that I ran to the other side. You know, there usually is a catch. Right. You have to fly through Reykjavik and then go to Stockholm. Sure. And then, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it says it's a six-day trip and ends up being four because you spend right. two days traveling, etc. Right. But I looked at it and was like, nah, there's not really a catch. So I went to the other side of the house. I looked at my wife and I said, hey, do you want to go to Madrid for your birthday? And she looked at me and started talking. Like, yeah. well, my sister and this and I got that and the kids and blah and on. And I said, whoa, I don't want to have a big, long conversation. But would you like to go to Madrid for your birthday? She was like, well, of course. I'll be right back. And so we booked it. It was really super Good. fun. Good. Beautiful place. So um, so you got to spend time in a European city, a, yes. uh, a long-established European city. What do you think you learned there that we need to bring back to Nashville? Uh, masks are not political. That's good. Was every, everybody <laughs> everyone was, wearing... was masked? Okay. No one went indoors without a mask. Gotcha. Uh, nobody talked about it. Nobody was grumbling at the door of every mm-hmm. establishment about it or anything like that. Sure. And they have one of the lowest COVID rates in Europe, um, because they never politicized the pandemic. It was just a choice early on. Nobody ever went off on a rant one way or the other, and so everybody behaved really great they have a super low covid rate felt really comfortable everywhere cool got to do everything we wanted to do good uh there were no limitations Mm -hmm. uh due to covid other than they sort of naturally have a little social distancing and things like that so um it was great and they limit the number of people that are in the museum so Mm -hmm. that you're not all over each other but we went to um beautiful museums and and i said when you go to european cities and then you come back to American cities. It's it's a really stark contrast. And right. one of the things that's most stark to me has always been that the Europeans never gave up the idea of 
of pride in accomplishment and their work and their craft and what they mm -hmm. do, right? So if someone works at a little restaurant, uh, as a waiter, they're a professional waiter, right? There's right. not like, they're not an actor, they're not a screenwriter, they're not a singer-songwriter. They're, mm -hmm. you know, they this is what they do. They're paid properly. You know, sure. everyone has this, this sort of a floor to how much money people can be paid. Mm -hmm. Healthcare is not attached to their job. Right. And there's not really tipping. Mm -hmm. It's not really a thing in, in most of Europe, but in Spain was not really a thing. I did, I tipped one time substantially. Mm-hmm. And that was at a restaurant called Botine, which mm -hmm. is the oldest restaurant in the world. Right. And uh, we had a wonderful meal there. But when we first arrived, there were two tables next to us, mm -hmm. which were these Americans. There were four at one table and two at another. Mm -hmm. And they were so loud and so obnoxious and so distinctly American. Gotcha. And there are certain sort of our way is better arrogance. Sure. That I tipped the guy 10 bucks because he had to take care of them, which is a lot, or 10%, because that's a lot. Yeah. Um, it was like 25 bucks or something. But it was yeah. just a little tip of the hat to go like, dude, I'm sorry you had to put up with that. Right. I apologize for our country. I apologize on behalf <laughs> of our nation for the arrogance. Well, cool. Any other sort of uh, just big city kind of amenities well, yeah, well, sure. that I mean, everyone, they're not surprising. They're normal, right? I Got mean, you. it's like everyone moves by subway or train or, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's like, and they have tr they're terrible traffic. Gotcha. They're all, because these cities are so old. Right. That the, the, it, it would be as if all of our interstates were like 2nd Avenue in Nashville. Sure. You know, it's like if gotcha. they were that wide. Yeah. Um, which is what they deal with there. Although, once you get out of the historic core of the city, the, right. the central district, then and you go, then the interstates are really quite modern. But everything is really quite modern. Sure. Getting in and out of the airport. First of all, you don't have to take your shoes off, because that's a uniquely American thing, too. Right. Um and it seemed almost weird, like we're going mm -hmm. through, and it's like, oh, they didn't ask me to take my shoes off. Yeah. wonder if they missed something. Yeah, it's like, exactly. no, what they missed was hysteria. Right. That's what they missed. Um, and so there's, you know, there was really none of that. I mean, everything is is really calm, normal, and the news is not all day, every day, 24-7 about COVID. Sure. Because it's a given. They have right. statistics, right. and they have rules, and they all follow them, and then they go on with their day. Good. Well, it sounds like a lovely trip. A great trip. Great trip. I highly recommend. Although, we'll definitely go to Barcelona on the next one. That's so, time to start. Barcelona. Yeah, time to start putting quarters in the jar. Yeah. So. Well, good. Well, welcome home. Thank you. Glad to be here. Good deal. I think a lot's happened in the past month. Yeah. Nashville, Nashville never stops uh, never devolving. Quite, yeah. yeah. <laughs> devolving is a good word sometimes. They're doing their thing, man. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to come right back after a very quick break. I have to do one thing, and we're going to talk about everything from party buses to redistricting and, um, uh, and some sad news with restaurants. Uh, I guess it's sad, but we'll find out in just a minute after this quick break. And we're back from our extended engagement in, Bar in Madrid. So <laughs> that was fun, but it was I had to stop because my son, who would best be compared to Seinfeld's Kramer, yeah, I think that's a good pulled up out front, and it was like, so I have to pause real quick and go there and go like, dude, we're recording. I know it's not close to where you are or anything, but nonetheless, I know your noise can disrupt. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's why. It will happen before. Well, so what's been going on in my absence? Well, you know, we've been in the. Let's talk about redistricting first, because yes. we've been it's, in this it's one process. One of the most fascinating subjects in the world. And right? redistricting <laughs> at a lot of different levels. Of course, the legislature is making uh, decisions about redistricting of congressional seats, and it looks like 
uh, although the Republicans refused to actually release a plan, but the underground plan is they're going to divide up Nashville so that they have two districts so they can create a Republican-oriented district in the Nashville area, uh, which will be interesting to see how that's going to work. Are they going to? Do you think there will end up being two Republican districts? I mean, if you carve it just right, you could split Jim Cooper into two Republicans. You possibly could. I think there are enough Democrats. I think it's going to be hard. Okay. I th- I, it, I think what they're going to do is they're going to pick up one seat. I don't think they're going to pick up two. Okay. I now I could be but wrong. Is that an added seat? Uh, yes, it is an added seat okay. because the population grew. Got it. So um, I I'm. I could be wrong, you know. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth uh, <laughs> yeah. and pleading with Republicans to be, like, you know, nice, which they're not going to do. No, not um, ours. Not ours. So um, so that's ours going Ours aren't on. even housebroken. But then we're also going through Metro Council redistricting and uh, school board redistricting, which is a whole different process. It's actually, as redistricting plans go, it's— it's political, but it's a little less political than the, the sort of the gerrymandering that goes on at the state level. Although they're trying to change that. They are trying so to change that. So the state legislature is trying to create some way where this is going on around the country. And, you know, Nashville, mm-hmm. God, they, they can't let anything like an opportunity like this go right. unexploited. Um, they're trying to make school boards political where you have to run with your party listed. Right. No, I, absolutely. Williamson County has already done it, I think. I think that's correct. And, uh, you know, it's funny. The, the, I, the legislature's weird on this thing because they, they've already passed that law. So that's in place. Um, so in Davidson County, you would run with. You know, oh, they did that one they, here? I thought it was the, only one. Okay, cool. No, so it was part of that omnibus oh, yeah, pandemic yeah, thing. Right? thing. Yeah, yeah, so, I, did, I, didn't, I went away. So they did um, go ahead and approve that. So um, so there will be an, a party affiliation for school school board. I'm, I don't, you know, the, what I keep trying to help folks understand is that the state of Tennessee is basically run by the rural counties and the rural districts. For sure. And so, you know, I, I was talking with somebody the other day. They were saying, well, you know, Gallatin Road needs to be repaved, which it desperately does. Yes. And why didn't the city do anything? Well, Gallatin Road's a state highway. State highway, yeah. And so the state has to do that. And the state isn't going to do anything for Nashville if they no. can keep from it. So it, it's a it's Which, a by tough the way, talk about state laws, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know the the decentralization freaks. Um, you would think that the Republicans would just say, "Hey, what we're going to do is we're going to make we're going to pass a law in the state of Tennessee mm-hmm. that says all state highways mm-hmm. that go through a city with a population over a hundred thousand become the responsibility of the city." Right. They should just do that. Exactly. We can afford it, and we can fix it. But they don't want to do it. Yeah, and it's. I it's don't a know control. why. It's a I mean, I know it's thing. a control thing, but they always give us, um, you know, they make exceptions the other direction all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're great about that. Go, oh, exactly. oh, you wanted to do that? No. Yeah. You want to regulate Airbnbs? Well, no. You want yeah. to, re- you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So there, there are things that happen that... Yeah, I, uh, yeah, no, I know. This is just—I'm I'm so, just back from Europe. I'm—I've still got the vapors from yeah, being around I, civilized. People. I understand. So, in terms of council redistricting, which has kind of been the hot button, I've yeah. not heard a lot of controversy going on with school board districts, folks. No, I haven't either. I don't really think care. Uh, people to some don't extent. know. I mean, people, people like, don't know. People, but, I mean, the voter turnout for school board mm-hmm. is uh, abysmal. 
Well, you know, and the logical thing for me with school board districts, and it, I know because there's a ratio of number of residents and all that doesn't work, yeah. but you just need to tie them to the high school clusters that we've got. Absolutely. So you've got this whole system of elementary schools that feed into middle schools right. that feed into a high school. Yeah. You need to have a board member per cluster. Yes. You know, that would be the simple thing. just not that tough. It's not that tough. Yeah. And yes, would there be population disparities? Sure. Who cares? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and this do this. This whole thing, our, our addiction to population attachment to legislative bodies right. is, uh, is an odd one. Anyway, right? We're seeing it now. We're seeing it more dramatically in the United States now because mm-hmm. cities now, the, everything going on politically in the United States is cities versus rural areas. Exactly. Everything. Pretty much. So if a state is a red state, it's because it has a tremendous amount of rural districts like ours and three small blue dots, mm-hmm. right? That's going to be a red state. Right. You go to New York and California where the dramatic... <laughs> um, population disparity between cities and rural is these are going to be blue states. Right. They have big cities. Right. Um, so that seems to be a rural urban thing. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know why we did it. Like it would have made more sense as a republic, as it were, that was organized in such a way that states' rights would have, which was basically a tip of the hat to, hey, your little area mm-hmm. should have your little rules. Right. Right. And we'll just stay out of it. Now we stopped doing that a long time ago, but that was the idea. And if you think about it, it's like such a good idea in the school districts to base it on the thing that school districts do, right. which is take kids from, you know, hopefully one day pre-K all the way through high school. Right. Um, gosh, that's so logical. Exactly. But we can't do it because we're addicted to the yeah. population-oriented. So so the big issue has been around um, the council districts, of course. Uh, we talked a lot about the 40 jealous whores that we yes. love, uh, yes. uh, that we deeply love. And uh, which, by the way, I had a council person the other day who listens to our podcast who agrees with us that we need to reduce the size of the council. I got to think that most of the council members, after mm-hmm. after serving at least one term, mm-hmm. would look at it and say, "There's just too many of us in the room." Exactly. Right? I mean, it's like anything. It's it, like if this was my family, yeah, we'd have to have separate Thanksgiving dinners. So, so there's been this. Uh, they're now up to Plan C. So the way it works in Nashville is interesting. The Planning Commission is charged with the redistricting process. And it's based off of, a, again, population density. You want to have so many people. I think it's about 22,000 per council district in terms of representation. Yes, that is right. So, um, so what they looked at was all of the growth, or a big hunk of the growth in Nashville was down in southeast Nashville. And so they had to create a council district down there to make it work. So right. they moved district... Uh, Eight from Madison right. is now going to be in Southeast Nashville. Now there is a proposal out there to renumber the districts. Yeah, when that's they a do good this. idea. Yeah. I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah. But all of that's to say that um, there's been a lot of push and shove about who's going to get what. And I I can only <laughs> speak to the Madison area because that's uh, where I focus. But you know, it's kind of like, well. Who's going to get get the business district in Gallatin Road and what part of it and who's hip and who's cool and all those kinds of things. And so in our area, the districts, uh, the pushback has been predominantly between District 7 and District 9. There's been some, some, you know, pushing and advocacy going on that. There are other places like the Bordeaux district that was going to pick up a whole bunch of Madison and really didn't want it because it diluted some of their power as a community. Got it. So... 
it's always it's it's always uh, yeah no exactly so it's always kind of a balancing act along the way i'm inclined to believe that proposal c which was just released today or yesterday um is probably going to be pretty close to what has passed um all of this these proposals are brought from the planning commission taken to the council council has to finally adopt them and then at the next election cycle, which is in 2023, they go into place. So, Got it. so yeah, it's interesting because when I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at the, and you can do this at home on redistrict.nashville.gov. Um, proposal B and C are like next to each other. And honestly, unless you are a statistician, the, the movements between those two are just microscopic right these are right. really crossing t's and dot and i's at this right. point i know they're a very big deal to the one guy that wants to be in this district because either he likes the current council person mm-hmm. or it's been you know it's leaned in his direction for some reason right. may, big multifamily owners have got a big opinion about this mm-hmm. uh businesses have a big um opinion about this um, to residential people do you think it matters I think the only thing that matters is some recognition of the natural sort of boundaries. So like it down in our area, um, there's been, you know, one of the things I've, I've talked about with our council people and with the planning folks is they wanted to divide up the community that my church is in from basically they split the community in half because they were trying to tie it to a road instead of a creek. The natural boundary uh, boundary is Gibson Creek. Oh, so if you use Gibson Creek as the boundary, everything everybody's on the same thing. But the way they were going to divide it, it was like you would have half of one street that would be in a completely different district. Um, and that, that gets a little crazy then. Um, I yeah, think I just to try to keep neighborhoods have, One of the great things together. about Nashville is we got a lot of natural boundaries. We do. I mean, because of our fantastic rivers, Slinking around 16 oh, different directions oh in the gosh. same city. Uh, it makes some real natural boundaries. And um, so let's, I don't even know what council district I'm proposed to be in. And because it's, because we're, we live in Old Hickory. We're staying in 11. Yeah. Well, it's going to be 11. Are they changing 11? Uh, to the 12. southern side of it, the hermitage side of it, there are some changes, but it's not huge. Got it. Um, it's yeah. it's not particularly oh, bad. Uh, you know, one of the biggest changes is is, is um, downtown, the downtown districts, because um, the downtown area grew in population so much. A lot right. of folks don't realize how many you know condos and apartments have been built down there. Yeah. In addition to the hotels and business, other businesses, and so um, so downtown is going to change a little bit. Um, again, the southeast Nashville is going to change quite a bit. Um, and that's, you know, it, it is what it is. The, the, it's just the nature of the beast. What hmm. The thing that I've liked about the Nashville process is that there is opportunity to, for, for input. You may not get right. your way, but you can at least be heard and say, yeah, I don't know if I, you know, I, th- I think we need to move to this boundary along the way. And like I said, the big issue has been uh, in in the Madison area has been um, who gets the business district in in on Gallatin Road, right? Um, and so what they did is they moved. It used to be Gallatin Road was the dividing line. They moved the line to the railroad tracks because the railroad tracks yeah. are re- are the real. That's the boundary. real boundary. I would yeah. agree with that. I, that's true in the state. 
um, state house district well as it goes down the railroad tracks. So as Republicans are on one side and the Democrats are on the other. Yeah. Which is, uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that's where it, um, where you can recognize those natural boundaries. So, all of us to say redistricting is is there. It's going to be. Uh, you will hear lots of wailing and gnashing of teeth when the Republicans finally re- reveal the state legislature yes. plan. I think the city redistricting is pretty close to complete. Yeah, and I think I, it is. I mean, what I'm reading and looking at, I would agree to. And I don't think it's that big a deal. Although it was really funny because the way I became aware of the new map was on Twitter. Right. And a person on Twitter was just like saying, if you saw me go on a rant last night of, you know, unequaled proportion, it was because the new district redistricting. And then I look at the two and I'm like, I don't know. It must be a real personal thing. It must be. I mean, you know, the the fact is, again, it's based on population. It's not right. They do consider geography at some level, but it's ultimately based on population. So you look at like, I think it's District 1, which is the Bordeaux district or two District 1 or 2 or 3. It's one of those uh, low numbers. It's a huge amount of landmass, right? Because nobody lives nobody there. Nobody lives there, right? And uh, and so yeah, I mean, a whole great big bunch of it is an airport and a dump. Yeah. So nobody lives there, and the prison, and the prison, and then the old kids' prison thing, whatever oh, yeah. that was, the juvenile yeah. detention center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot it's of public there. land out yeah, there. Yeah, no, it's there. It is, um, it is, and uh, there's a uh, the public cemetery. Uh, well, it is. Um, Oh, right. The public cemetery is out there. Oh, and there's also a skeet shooting range yeah. out there. A lot of lot of big land things going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> Take up a lot of space. So, All right. So we uh, redistricting is... I, I do have... Yeah. Redistricting is in the works. Be aware of it. I don't yeah. think we... There's a lot to We're go closing down, in on it being too it. late to fix anything I think, anyway. Right? I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, something that we don't have on our list, though, that we need to have on our yes. list is the announcement by the mayor this past week that we're bringing NASCAR back to Nashville. Have yeah. you heard this? Well, yeah, and and so uh, I'm of two minds. Which now, mind would that be? So the two minds are, one, obviously Nashville and NASCAR. It makes are sense. Are just truly married almost. Right. You know, I mean, they are the same target audience. Sure. And I always ask when I talk to singer songwriters and artists, my question to them is never like, how do you see yourself as an artist? How do you, you know, blah, blah, all that kind of ethereal stuff. I'm like, who's the best artist in the world for you to open for if you were going to go on the road? Who's got mm-hmm. the same fans as you? Right? right. And so they can think about it and they go like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, it's way easier goal, right? So with Nashville and NASCAR, they pass the stink <laughs> test easily on do you have the same fans? Right. They definitely have the same fans. Sure, absolutely. Uh, the burnout downtown, day before yesterday, where they mm-hmm. closed Broadway and they have NASCAR cars go circling around. And it was raining. Yeah, right. They did it anyway. What could go wrong? Of course. And so, you know, they did. It's just the weirdest <laughs> thing. First of all, I'm not from a car culture. Yeah, no, I Although you lived in L.A. for a while. Well, that was a... People call it a car culture, but yeah. it's not. No, I understand. Um, so so you're not from... You're, you're Athens, not, Georgia is a car culture. You know, this I is agree. where people get in the front yard and open the hood and fix stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, None no, of that no, going no, no, on no, in L.A. No, no, we were a luxury car culture. Exactly. So, that somebody else drives. Yes, if at all possible. Yeah. Uh, so I don't get why people want to watch people burn out their mm-hmm. tires yeah. on a city street downtown. I guess, you know, honestly, when I look back on it, because I used to drink a lot, um, really, if you just want something to do while drinking, almost anything will do. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, okay. I'm kind of partial (laughs) to tractor pulls. 
Right. See, it's a great place for drinking. Yeah, exactly. We should do a tractor pull down on Lower Broadway. See, and why not? Why not? You know? So anyway, we... uh, So yes, I think... So I didn't say the other mind. Yes. So I'm of two minds. Number one, we absolutely 100% should have NASCAR in Nashville, Tennessee. Number two, the idea of putting an event at the fairgrounds in 2021, 2022, and going forward is the stupidest idea I've ever heard until somebody decides to fix the access to that plot of land. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No, it's it's not easy to get to. Um, it's, There's a natural exit. There is. You know, you could build an exit to go straight to the fairgrounds. But they're not going to do They're that. not going to do that. It costs money. Well, the state, I mean, they're getting free money from the socialists. I think they should build it. The state would have to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you but know. But the state loves NASCAR. But, the state would never do it for soccer. Right. But they'll do it for NASCAR. No, I think that's right. Uh, it's it, And maybe that's what the mayor's thinking. Yeah, it might be the whole scam. I like that. Yeah, if yeah. that's his, if that's his play. Yeah, totally, totally appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think that, <laughs> that's very, very possible. Maybe it's, it's. Hey, Ugh. this is way we can get state buy-in to so get yeah, folks to come we, to soccer. I mean, is it good? Is it bad? Is it indifferent? I don't know. I mean, listen. I, there's going to be screaming about it because the neighbors over there who now now that that neighborhood has become an affluent, yeah. hipsterish kind of cool neighborhood, they're not going to like those well, loud I tell you cars. What, dear NIMBYs. Yes. You bought a house next to a racetrack that's exactly. been there for like 70 years. Longer than that, I think. Uh, yeah. And then you also bought a house next to massive public housing. Right. So if you thought you were going to move into a genteel neighborhood where everybody drank tea on their front porch with their pinky out, mm-hmm. uh, no. Right. Not right. for a very long time. See, I don't understand why there's been such a slow adoption of electric vehicles in car racing because that deals with the sound issue immediately and those things go really fast the whole deal is the same reason that people went by the thousands to watch cars spin out on broadway downtown they like it loud the noise is the thing yeah you know it's i don't get it I don't get it either, but then I didn't listen to heavy metal much either. So. Yeah, me either. So yeah. I have this thing. I kind of like melody. I don't know what that is. Speaking of noise downtown, yes. what is on our list is the new party bus regulations went into effect day before yesterday. Woohoo! Except. And uh, no woohoo, right? Yeah. So I do think when I look at it, so I was downtown the other day. What day? What day is today? It's the third. Oh, it's my great. It's my Today's granddaughter. Friday. Today's Friday the third. Right. Which is my granddaughter, Estella Bonani's birthday. Happy birthday. I Happy know. birthday to you. She's 14. Well, cool. Think, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm so bad. I'm doing math on the fly, which is not a great call for me. Yeah. Um, but happy birthday, Estella. So who, I assure you, does not listen. She lives in Traverse City, Michigan. She does right. not listen to the B&A podcast. Oh, well. Um, good for but her. Anyhow, but her grandpa on the other side does. So, yeah. hey, happy, um, happy Friday, grandpa. Yeah. I love him. So anyway, so party buses downtown. Party buses. So they're all driving around downtown empty on purpose. Yeah, I think just to make a point. And that point would be that we were put out of business by a regulation by the city council. So basically, don't screw with us because we'll just keep. Yeah, we'll make life miserable, right? Because they. So a lot of these guys, there's been some modicum of consolidation. So what will happen here, by the way, is this will cause a complete consolidation quickly right mm-hmm. so the guys that don't have enough cash flow to get through the next two months which is how long it's going to take in my opinion for them to At actually least, develop yeah. the regulations to allow them to drink again right so you either have to have an enclosed vehicle mm-hmm. at which point you're allowed to have liquor under eight percent right 
Can't wait to see the testing gear on that one. Do we make liquor under 8%? Yeah, well, yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, which means you can have beer and seltzers. Gotcha. You can have things that you can buy. Basically, you can buy stuff at the grocery store, but not at the liquor store. Gotcha. It's kind of like that. Not gotcha. quite, but close. So, but who's going to check if Guinness, which has like, I understand, 14% or something like that, is going to be different? Nobody cares, right? Nobody this cares. was a stupid random thing to say. Right. But they had to write something on the regulation that they made up on the seat of their pants because of something that happened that didn't really happen. Right. Which is, you know, the way you get it. It's kind of like there was also a comment on Twitter this week about, oh, we would like to have traffic calming in our street, but we can't find two people to kill, to sacrifice in order to make it possible for the council to give us traffic calming in our neighborhood. So if they have like the purge, then somebody could like you know they just pick a couple of neighbors they don't like you have them cross the street you run over them say see we need traffic calming so it takes on average by the way statistically 1.5 deaths to get either a stoplight a stop sign traffic calming or a speed bump it's well, 1.5 dead I do have one comment I want to make I'm, go- I'm going to take the city side on this for a change um, because I, I've heard a number of these comments lately about those kinds of things. And and I, I understand what they're saying, and I think they're right. But there's this thing. There are lots of traffic calming things that are happening in Nashville this year. A there are about they, like 20. I think I saw the list. And they increased like 27. the budget, too. Yeah, they increased the budget. But, year. but there is this thing called a budget and how much money right. we've got available. So, yeah, we could do everything we wanted to do if we had a tax base that would allow it. Now, sure. we can raise the property taxes or but we can we raise see the how sale. well that went. We can raise right. the sales taxes right. and we don't do income taxes in Tennessee. So, no. we have a limited amount and when you're giving away money to corporations so that they'll move here, um, you know, you yep. want traffic calming? Too Great. Bad. Let's yeah, figure instead, out the funding source. You could have traffic calming or Ford. Yeah. Exactly. And we picked Ford. True. As a state. As a state. So I would say that I, I get it. I think one of the things that I don't like about the party bus regulation is simply this. A city council, an unwieldy, in, incomprehensibly complex city council, took on an issue that affects one district, mm-hmm. maybe two. And it, like so many districts, it's like mm-hmm. in, in national politics, right? Mm-hmm. You always pick something where you can say they're trying to kill old people or hurt babies. Mm-hmm. And then underneath it, you can put two or three billion dollars of subsidies to Exxon. But as mm-hmm. long as you mention the killing babies thing, it'll pass, right? right? So nobody wants to vote against the killing Stop Killing Babies Act, right? Mm-hmm. And I get it. So that's an easy thing to do. And then you tack on billions of dollars of crap. What we do in Nashville is... That they put a thing in here and they say, oh, these party buses are killing people, Mm -hmm. disrupting education Mm -hmm. and causing general havoc. And then the 39 unaffected council people go like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then they vote yes to put undefined. Matter of fact, there are no regulations. They just said we're going to regulate it. Right. So and for reasons that I really don't understand, enclosure is the first thing. Yeah. So if you can enclose your party bus, you can continue to have alcohol. Well, that that dealt with their immediate concern, which was people falling out of it. Which never happened. But, but that, you know, again, it's not recognizing the problem. It, yet, the problem it, it is was, traffic. It, every, yeah, <laughs> well, noise. that's the thing. Everybody knew there was a problem, but right. we didn't identify, no. we didn't define what the real no. problem was. 
And um, so we're going to do something because there's this push to do something about party buses because everybody's pissed off. Everybody does. Everybody hates them. And I will. I'll tell you, man, as someone who drives downtown, it's like I get it. But no one in the council ever mentioned traffic in the regulation of party buses. It never came up. It's like they don't take up any room on the roads. I mean, you know, it's insanity. And and again, it was some one of those things that they pushed through quickly that they probably somebody trying to climb on a party bus fell off. I mean, somebody should have said made a proposal to do do a task force to to study party buses and what possible regulations at least for a be. month for a month it doesn't right. have I mean, to be a it, huge yeah. thing I mean it's like but, these are not like this is not like saving a historic building right <laughs> this is a horrible scourge on our right. city right but they already exist they're responsible for how much money you, 500 million 500 million dollars a year right so it's not an unsubstantial even though it's 10x less than we gave forward it's still not an unsubstantial amount of money and so the, well, you know, just yanking it out of the economy without, I mean, you allowed it to happen, right? And as the council is always like, they act like they didn't allow it to occur in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, who in the hell did? It's so, like, and, we and only again, got the one council. And again, with the regulation, part of it, what's not clear to me is like, so for the service that they're doing, are they charging sales tax? On. Yeah, I have no idea. Are they paying sales tax? Are no they paying idea. any tax? I'm sure they are. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm because again and again. Well, the, the one way, thing, they and because about, they're in the downtown business district. I know what I'll do. Oh, what are you doing? Did we stop? No, no, we're oh, doing great. Okay, because I'm going to look it up and see if they're paying. Tax. Okay, so in the ba- downtown business district, if they're paying sales tax, it's going to the convention center. Right, right, right. It's not going to the city budget. Right. If their chances the are right. extremely high that they are paying taxes and that money is, in fact, going to because I say that because Butch, like unsubscribed to right. members right. of uh, as part of the Convention and Visitors Bureau because he said he didn't feel like he could take their money right. and regulate them this way at the same time. It was like even for him, it was too much. Yeah. So they must be taking money. Now, I don't know if that's membership dues. Well, that, that's membership dues. Uh, that's not. That's but anything. I think, I mean, they got to pay. I mean, one thing about downtown is Butch, for all of his not caring about Nashville as a city, because mm-hmm. he does not, uh, but for all of his not caring, he does care about the bottom line of the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Because right. when you make a million dollars a year, you want to make sure that money right. keeps riding. Right? Right. So he stays on top of that. So I suspect he's, I, I suspect there is a tax, but I'm going to look it up and then we'll know. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, that's the thing. Again, we don't know. We don't know. Which probably means Nobody checked. the council people don't, don't know. know. Oh, no. They didn't. Well, that's the thing about having 40 council people. Yeah. It just affects such a small percentage mm-hmm. of the city council of Nashville. Right. That if you have 12 council members mm-hmm. having two districts affected, mm-hmm. affects a sixth of the, ca- of the council. Right? Sure. Right now, it is one 40th. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, well, it's, it's a 20th of right. the council is affected. Right. So nobody cares. So, so yeah, it's, uh, so of course, uh, people are protesting because we're limiting their ability to do business. Yeah. Um, and I, and I is, don't disagree with them on that part. I do think we need to regulate them, but I don't think you wouldn't do this to any other industry that accidentally crept into town. You're not all of the sudden mm-hmm. going to shut down the 
Now there's like 10 new bowling lanes in town. Right. Right. You wouldn't just shut them all down and say, hey, we didn't have a chance to review how you sell beer at bowling alleys. And we feel like children are allowed to come to bowling alleys. So we're going to stop. But those bowling alleys had to go through a lengthy process to get a beer permit to to be able to. They had to go through a building process and a codes process to get approval to have people in their building. So So can you not just extend those regulations to a new industry? Absolutely. And then make them fight it out one piece at a time where you just go like, hey, by the way, you know, this sort of crept up on us and it's BYOB, but you're going to have to get a license. I know. You got 90 days. I absolutely agree with that. But what the articles I hear from the transportainment people is, is they don't want anybody to regulate anything. Well, of course not, because they're people that have and tract- they just they need had, to get they need to get they the f- already own tractors Excuse me, right it's almost You're right yeah, i know oh, this yeah, is I, great I, I, I haven't had to turn the volume down on your microphone yeah in like I seven do, months. they just need to but get over it they do need know? to get over themselves and i couldn't possibly care less about any of them that's for sure right. i did but to me the problem is this we're going to regulate them we're going to come back with a set of regulations the set of regulations we're going to come back with in the spring are not going to address the actual things that needed regulated right. about them in the first place which is the traffic which is traffic Noise. First of all, they should not be able to operate while school's mm-hmm. in session. Right. There's our highly gifted high school in Nashville, mm-hmm. Tennessee, is two, three blocks away mm-hmm. from Broadway. So I'm sorry, transportainment. You're going to have to be like anybody else. You're not allowed. Like, how close are you allowed to build well, a bar to that high school? And and honestly, they're not two, th- three blocks away because you've got all of the hotels now that are on the oh, other side. Surrounding them. and They're, they're yeah. surrounding them. So, you know, when I go but down. all those places got noise ordinances. It used to be like when, you know, Broadway ended at about fifth or sixth, maybe seventh, uh, the lo- the strip. And now yeah. when I go down there, it's all the way up to the interstate. I mean, well, you, and you, you can, can make the, the argument. And you can make the that. argument that it goes all the way out to West End, right? Well, true. Uh, like all the way up through basically to Vanderbilt because right. of the new hotels that are being built there as well. Right. So, I mean, listen, the deal is regulate when they're allowed to operate. Also, you know what would be really cool? What would be really cool? If, you know, when you're driving mm-hmm. on a state highway. Right. And it's a two-lane highway in a rural area. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a law or if it's just common courtesy. But when there's like, if you're di- like driving a tractor or something mm-hmm. like that, and behind you you realize there's like six or seven cars, then you pull off to the side, let them all pass, and then go on your way. Right. Now there's a regulation I'd be interested in for transportainment. Mm-hmm. Transportainment, whichever you guys choose. Yeah. The problem is, is there's no, there's no me. Uh, well, not thing anymore. To pull off there's plenty there. of room except for their bike lanes now that right. nobody rides on because who would ride a bicycle down there for God's sake? Who would ride a be, bicycle in Nashville? You're like, taking your left and your hands. It's just insanity. Yeah. So, all right, well, we got to take a break. That was fun though. Um, so for all of our council friends that are tuning in or should be, uh, or if you're half a council person that should tune in, send this to them and let's at least have a conversation about it. I'm perfectly happy to be wrong. But I'm not crazy about us being ignored as a people. They're supposed to listen to us, and then they're supposed to go vote. So whether you have an opinion on it or not, call your council person and say, hey, why don't we study it first and then pass a regulation? Makes sense to me. I'm down with it. All right, so we've talked about... uh, Oh, by the way, welcome back to the BNA podcast. Uh, I said that with a certain amount of applause. Welcome back. Yes, you did. Very well. I'm going to work on it. welcome back. We should get like a signature thing, you know. We had one, and then we stopped doing the COVID update. Yeah, because the COVID update is now like there's in Tennessee, there's no COVID. Um, Numbers are going back up. Oh, yeah. The numbers are going to go up. People are going to die, but we don't. It's just not a thing anymore. Yeah. Well, I got friends that are back on social media now talking about how it's just like the flu again. 
Well, and honestly, there's a, you're going to not like this, but I'll say it. there is a point where it, we have to, it moves from sort of pandemic crisis to it's kind of like what happened with the flu after the Spanish flu. Yeah. You know, for two years, people die and then you sort of figure out how to kind of function with it. Yeah, you have to learn and, to live with it. And, you know, and there will and there will be people that will die, but the numbers will decrease over yeah. time and. Uh, but and we'll get better at still, it, and it's highly unlikely it'll be us because I got the three so I'm, far, and I'm, I'm willing to take four. I'm willing to take as many as they're willing to give me. So uh, whatever so they fine. got, I'm going to do it. So uh, this is uh, we're not. That's our regular thing. Although it, I think what's become a regular thing, unfortunately, is to talk about homelessness in Nashville. Yep. And, and even though it's 72 degrees right now, it right. is winter. It is winter, and we have to start thinking seriously about these people being indoors. So um, several things have happened since we last talked. Uh, the first was that the mayor decided he was going to take tours of the Brookmead encampment. Uh, and well, you know, I mean, I have to stop you right there before we move on. Yeah. That, I guarantee you, and you know the mayor and I don't, but the, um, I guarantee you that when he said, you know what I want to do? I want to get the council members together and we'll go take a tour of mm-hmm. the Brookmead encampment. Right. I guarantee you that was a incredibly well-received concept. It was not. The council people well, were No, ticked. as soon as it got outside his office, right. it became horrible. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you talk about no good deed goes unpunished. Exactly. He was, I think he really was trying to do something good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, part of it is that they were trying to change the narrative, and I get it, um, what they were trying to do. It was a stupid move, but I get what they were trying to do. The, um, you know, part of what they were dealing with was that the woman that had run the homeless impact division of social services quit suddenly, and they actually the woman, yeah, what was the, the director deal there? Was the there a reason there that we're allowed to talk about? Um, yeah, the, I think the reason is basically she felt like. Um, the structure that she was under, both the location of the department in social services and then pressure from the mayor's office, kept her from doing the work that she needed to do to actually address homelessness. And um, that... So let me just get this straight. Yeah. So she was, what was her title? Uh, Director of the Homeless Impact Division. So the Director of the Homeless Impact Division and her employer was there by... Metro Social Services Metro Social Services, which is part of Metro Nashville government. Right. So she was thinking Mm -hmm. that she would be able to impact homelessness in her job. Well, that was kind of the idea. Ah, and, I see. Uh, and so um, she got to a point where she just really became frustrated with the whole thing and said, I'm done. Um, some of that is related to structural issues in the social service de- services department that I'm not going to go into today. But what the response was then by our good friend, Freddie O'Connell, who seems to be pulling out all sorts of bills out of the the air was to basically say, you know, okay, what we're doing isn't working. Um, The social services department structure is not uh, a good fit. So he then proposed a bill to basically create a separate Department of Homelessness and Affordable Housing or a Director of Housing and Homelessness. I can't remember. A division of Housing and Homelessness that would be independent. It wouldn't have... Um, it wouldn't be under an existing department. Uh, like um, the Department of Transportation. Yeah. So, so it'd be a new division, like a new, basically yeah. like a new, right. call, a new cabinet seat. A new basically. cabinet seat. Um, now, what was funny about that was when Freddie announced it, he said, you know, 
this was Cooper's idea. He said that when he back when he was running for election. Right. Of course, Cooper immediately came out and said, "No, we don't need to change anything of what we're doing." So it's a little little it's interesting. So weird. Those they, there's like got to be more to the story. <laughs> well, like, they're, they're, why? You know, it's like one of those. Why are we fighting this? And I'm sure Cooper's like he's an auditor by nature, right? So he's looking at it, going like, "Well, that's going to cost an extra one hundred twenty-two thousand five hundred sixty-three dollars per year." Uh, because of the infrastructure necessary to make it a separate department, and so that's an unnecessary expense. There is more to the story, and and again, I'm I I know my perspective on it, and I'm I'm hesitant to share it publicly. Um, but it, the the what I would say is just within the leadership structure of the social services department, there is less ability to kind of function with the messy nature of trying to deal with homelessness uh, that you have to deal with. And so sometimes proposals are made about, hey, this is what we need to do. And it's kind of like, yeah, that doesn't kind of fit in our, our ballywick. Right. So, so um, is it, is creating a new division the right thing? Um, I'm supportive of the, of the bill, but I think there's still a lot to be unpacked. Um, so Wait, anyway, I got an idea. What yeah. if we researched it first? Well, that, yeah, and well, then made a proposal. That's probably a good idea as well. Uh, and I will say, Freddie is kind of not tabled his bill, but he's deferred it right now because they're having other conversations and yada yada yada. Right, right. Um, at the same time that is going on, of course, the Brookmead encampment issue continues to be an issue. The, there's a, a encampment, a large homeless encampment along the uh, Brookmead Greenway um, out in West Nashville. And the neighbors out there, um, there was a lot of drug activity and other stuff going on. And so the neighbors out there kind of started screaming about it. Um, uh, and so a lot of what's being done with homelessness is in response to the, sort of the publicity about these kind of very public encampments and trying to get out, uh, get things done. Right. Um, this past week, Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor Jim Shulman, uh, because he wasn't seeing a lot of movement happening, there was a lot of kind of spinning of numbers and stuff like that, but uh, really wasn't certain that we really have a comprehensive plan, which we've talked about before. Which we don't. Uh, to to uh, to address homelessness. So he invited folks to come uh, to two meetings down at the Nashville Public Library. It was uh, it ended up being about 130, 140 people. Wow. Um, most of whom were folks that work in the homelessness uh, advocacy or uh, outreach kind of area. There were people from the Reclaim Brookmead group, which is the group that's trying to deal with um, the encampment out there. They're, were, that, they're, they're the people that want these people to move. They want something to be done. Okay. They, they, I will give them credit. They've, they've kind of moved from the, well, we just need the city to move them out to... These are people that need. These are humans, they, they, right? they need to have some place to go, right? You right. know. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll give that's them. That's a huge. That's a huge evolution. I mean, it that's is. like normally in the NIMBY world, there's not really a lot of flexibility. Yeah. yeah no. So. I, at least with the folks that I've talked to, there's been more of this thing of, hey, we've been down in the encampments. We see what's going on. These people. This just isn't humane. We got to figure yeah. out something a better option. Um, so there were these two meetings, um, and first night was pretty good, kind of inviting folks to um, do kind of small group work to come up with ideas for how to address um, outdoor homelessness or encampments. Um, and then the second night kind of went off the rails a little bit, um, but there was a, a few decisions, kind of everybody took 
the feedback from all the groups and said, okay, here are some priorities we could focus on. One was increasing the temperature at which the emergency weather plan goes into effect from 26 degrees to 32. So right now, if um, oh, yeah. okay. the, the, the city opens up in an emergency shelter if the temperature gets below 26 degrees. Got it. Um, it's still really cold at 32. <laughs> yeah, it's plenty cold. <laughs> and so, so, question, so, when they open it up for, for the un, um, right. unawares, what does it mean? Like, so when they so, open up the emergency plan, what does that open up? So they have a, um, I think it's an old school over on Brick Church Pike. They were okay. they were doing it in an old jail block uh, for right. a couple of years, which was not a good idea because nobody wanted to go there. Pretty unpleasant. Pretty yeah. unpleasant. Yeah. I don't want to go there. But it's an old school, and they so it basically it's an additional shelter to supplement what the mission and room in the inn and all of the, the so that you can get more folks off the streets into um, into a building and usually there's some form of transportation plan to get folks out there to and some for them to get back to the communities where they were from Um, the the issue is that there there's staffing that they have to deal with there's obviously the operation of the building and meals and all that kind of stuff so so it triggers money so it triggers money spending so that that threshold from 28 to 32 you know, 28 degrees, they're probably going or 26 degrees, actually, they're probably going to be open 10 or 15 nights during the winter. Yeah, you move to 32, 32 you're double it at you're, least. You're, you're double it at least. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so there are issues, there are, there are budget issues, as is true with all of this. Another thing that folks really push. It's got to be cheaper to house them than it is to keep doing what we're doing. Well, you would think so. Um, the, one of the other issues is, well, we need to be um, buying old hotels and uh, other public buildings oh, yeah, to be the able old to hotel thing. The public buildings, <laughs> uh, well, you know, Metro has all these empty buildings. We can we can use those. What I, I did have a question about one big empty building that Metro right. I think owns, which is the the Madison Hospital. Isn't that what it is at the corner? It's of, privately owned now. It is. They don't, Metro hasn't owned that for years. So morons. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a huge building. It is a huge building. They're about bedrooms. to they're about to tear it down yeah, too. Yeah, I figured so it what one yeah. of the things that, that we have found, because you know, uh, the church that I work at um, is about to house fifteen people as part of this housing navigation center yes. project. Um, it sounds really good to say, Oh, I got all these empty Sunday school rooms. I can put that's people in humans them. in here. And then the fire marshal comes in and says, no. Yeah, no, that's the Well, that's one of the things that I think that cities like regularly mm-hmm. stop solving big problems because of small regulations, right? right? And it's like, this is just small thinking. Well, the reality is put the people indoors and mm-hmm. then start working toward. Matter of fact, they could even help. And, and you know, well, and they, in our case, I will say they are, they're paying some expenses for adding a fire, you know, uh, smoke alarms and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but I, I just want- smoke alarms that they require for you to do this as a municipal it's a ten thousand dollar project exactly you know so it's and uh, i think between us and the bellevue church which is opening up the other mobile housing navigation center the city will spend probably about forty to forty five thousand dollars in building upgrades and also that we can house people um there was a period where we thought we were only going to be able to be because of codes only going to be able to be open for 90 days 
and then we were going to have to shut down. So they were going to spend forty thousand dollars to upgrade our building for us to operate in ninety days. And that's all code. So so they've changed that. That's all codes. That's all fire marshal. Part of what's happened, as is typical, and and Mayor Cooper, thank you. Uh, the mayor's office has come back and said, "Yeah, you need to do some." So the you know there's this tension going on. Right. I'm a believer because I like to be legal. Um, that we need to create legislation that would allow for in crisis situations, which we are in in Nashville right yes. now, that legislation that would allow us to use non-traditional spaces in different ways to deal with the immediate crisis. Yeah, I think the most frustrating part of that is that that, that is theoretically a new idea, right? I mean, the right. deal is that they're living in a tent by a creek that floods, mm-hmm. bringing them indoors mm-hmm. in the absence of sprinkler systems, fire alarms, uh, 80 square feet of blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. per number of this, that's, and the others, really kind of pales in comparison to tent by creek right. in the freezing rain, yeah. right? Um, anything indoors on a cot, mm-hmm. and I don't care how long they stay indoors mm-hmm. on a cot. <laughs> I just think that it's all absurd. Now, well, should we work toward having those things? Yes, but you're right. To enshrine it in legislation, it simply says, when in a declared crisis, and the American declared the crisis, the problem right. is in Tennessee, it'll never happen because right. homeless people are sinners. So the um, we're not allowed to help them. Which it is just might one happen of in urban areas. I think it's, it's well, possible. Well, it'll happen as long as the state doesn't hear about it right. and then come in and say, no, you can't do that right? because you're doing something nice for people that are not behaving like right. good Southern Baptists. The, the, you know, what was interesting about the conversations is there was some, there was some agreement about immediate needs, the raising to 32, looking at both the asking the city to find buildings to be able to use, yep. although they're, that's, that's not going to move people in tomorrow. It's going to be more like a 90 day process to, to get something ready for, to be able to actually house people. Um, there was talk about what they call pallet homes, which are basically, they're kind of FEMA trailers. They're crossed yeah. between a FEMA trailer and kind of a, it's it's kind tough of shed. A tough shed. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was talk about trying to set those up on property. Those kind of thing. The big problem is, you can put people in housing, but if they don't have services and if they don't have caseworkers to work with them. Um, it doesn't do a lot of good. And no. the bottom line is the city of Nashville needs to hire, or and not necessarily in city government, but they need to figure out the funding to provide among all the agencies that are working with homeless folks. We probably need another 150 to 200 people doing case management. Uh, if you look, know, By the way, what's our current estimate on the homeless the, population? The official count, well, it depends. Because we didn't on, do it last year. Yeah, the official count, the, I saw numbers the this week. The one night count. <laughs> well, I saw numbers of people that have been served by the shelters mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. And it's they're listing about 1,800. I would say it's probably more like about 3,000, uh, three to 4,000 people actually okay. on the streets. Um, it's hard to get that number down. I mean, I can tell you that in our shower and laundry thing, we're only open two days a week uh, for about three to four hours a day, and we're seeing 80 people a week. 
So you're seeing 80 people in Madison. I know they're seeing double that in downtown when they set exactly, up yeah. by the uh, Sheraton downtown, yeah. which has just been an interesting thing, too. Oh, sure. Because they're right across the street from the Sheraton Grand. Right. People love that. I'm sure And the Hermitage do. Hotel. They're right yeah, next. They're right. But it's not the part of the Hermitage Hotel that faces. Right. That, right. So. So, so all of that's to say homelessness is an issue. It's become very politically fraught. The yeah. fear is, is that there's a lot of focus on trying to figure out short-term fixes without looking at long-term issues. Of and, and the bottom line, and we've talked about housing before, we just don't have enough housing. There's just, there's nowhere to put people. And, That's true. I and, mean, we don't, and it's like, and there are reasons for that that are complex. Um, but it, a lot of it goes back to regulation. I mean, the reality mm-hmm. is that we can change certain codes and we can change certain regulations that allow for immediate construction of what I would consider adequate housing for people that have none. I, I think there I think there are things that we can do with that, but I, I don't think, it, like you said, it's complex. I don't think we can discount the effect of things like the Airbnb investment business sure. in terms of buying up housing stock that used to be more affordable for folks. I don't think we can right, discount. Right, because it's one of those things that everything at this end moves everything at the other end. And right. that's one of those funny things that people don't do the math on in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it is, I don't know how many, and I don't know that the city of Nashville knows how many, right. um, of the you know single family homes and multifamily units in Nashville, Davidson County, are corporate owned. I don't right. know if they know that number or not. I don't think they do. They haven't said it out they loud. They haven't said it out loud. The the but then you also take okay the Oracle deal, got it. It's yep. Cool, awesome, wonderful. All the trailer parks on Dickerson Road are going to go. go away. Yep. Well, you know, tra- those trailer parks were where you could find something for five hundred dollars a yep. month. You know, so there are all of these things about the growth of the city that impact the folks at the bottom end of the scale. And yet the bo- folks at the bottom end of the scale don't have the kind of clout to be yeah, able to. Yeah, well, they have to, no voice. So. I mean, it's zero voice. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's just going to be, it's going to continue to be a regular segment for us uh, in on B&A just because it's going to continue to be a regular problem for the city of Nashville. So we're going to have to keep talking about it. Well, but we have to switch gears. We because do, we do. Actually, it ties in because the changing character of Nashville also, um, has caused us to see restaurants. Um, yeah, we're losing some. I got to say one thing beforehand. And okay. This is the this is the question of the week. That, da, da, da. Uh, because one of the council people posted this on Twitter, and then I looked at some things, and I can't find an answer to this immediately either. Maybe somebody will let us know. Why are the electric vehicle charging stations disappearing from the parks, etc., in Nashville? We don't know why, but there's actually pictures on Twitter of the missing ones. They're like, mm-hmm. here's where one used to be. <laughs> and it's like, this is in uh, at the Coleman Community Center. Uh, car chargers have been disappearing from metro parks just as EVs are finally taking hold. So people are finally buying electric vehicles. And we've just given a half a billion dollars to people to build some more. Right. Um, but we're taking the charging stations out, which is the definition of government, right? right. I mean, why are we doing this? We do not know. But anyhow, that's the question of the week. Okay, restaurants. Restaurants. So we have in Nashville, this is interesting. Now, I lived in Nashville from 1980 to 1986. And yes. then I left and lived in Los Angeles while I had a grown-up job. And then when I retired from that, I came here. Right. So um, the reason I bring that up is because there's a list of restaurants that closed mm-hmm. uh, in 2021. And some are near and dear to my heart. Right. 
And I didn't, you know, I lived here a long time ago, which means when I was going to the Hermitage Cafe, it wasn't open, I don't think, when I lived here the first time. Maybe right. It was. But the Hermitage Cafe went away. And that was based on the fact that the piece of ground that it sits on, mm-hmm. there's also that little bar, the batter's yeah. box right behind it. And right. I got to assume that's the same plot of land, which is probably, and that's one of those kind of favorites of the locals' bars. Mm-hmm. No, it's not a tourist spot. No. Um, as, it used to be uh, one of Nashville's few gay bars. What, the batter's box? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, it's right close to downtown, but it's totally cool and old and funky. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can smoke inside. I've never been inside. Sure, but I'm, I'm But I got a feeling of that. Yeah, I think that's a, a good feeling. Uh, and so, you know, that, so the Hermitage Cafe went away. Now, the Hermitage Cafe had been this, like, institution in Nashville for a very mm-hmm. long time. And because of the, uh, uh, you know, just the sheer value of the property that it's sitting on, you know, very ties in beautifully to homelessness. That land it's sitting on is just too expensive to let the Hermitage Cafe operate on. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have to, because it was like a cheap greasy spoon that you went to at three o'clock in the morning after people went drinking downtown. Then right. they'd go to the Hermitage Cafe and mm-hmm. and uh, get some biscuits and gravy well, for, of course. for $3.75. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we've lost a lot of, again, this loss of what makes Nashville, Nashville. And Rotiers. Rotiers. It was all based thing. on property. Eastland that, Cafe. Did you see the plan for the Rotiers property? No, I haven't. So the triangular shaped piece of property right. where West End and Ellington right. Place come together right. uh, at 25th mm-hmm. is now going to be developed. Right. And it was so classic. I wish I'd have had it up here to quote from, but like mm-hmm. the developer mm-hmm. uh, was, you know, he was one of those guys that, you know, insanely rich, white mm-hmm. from out of town guys that was standing there in a perfect right. outfit. But of course, jacket off tie loose arms mm-hmm. you know sleeves rolled up like billy going like you know we've been we've been meeting with all the stakeholders in our neighborhood and talking about the positive impacts that we can make here and all that kind of stuff and well the positive impact is they're tearing down that right aid building mm-hmm. the juice place yeah i forget forget which brand it is yeah uh rotier's building and then i think there's is emma's i don't know if emma's is coming down with that i think no that's the next block that's across the street so that one's still there for now but that whole triangle is getting torn down for a multi-use building of course um seems like it's being used for multiple things now uh it certainly is a multiple use thing now yeah and it was like so cool but it's it's now I don't know. It just seems like it, there is no square inch of land in Nashville where somebody won't build something. Well, and the, the sad part for me is that that building has character. I mean, it looks like an oh, old yeah. building. I mean, it's unlike any other building we've got in Nashville. It's got some character. It's got some, <sighs> really and it's going to become some glass. Thing. Oh, it is. It's a metal and glass building. It's yeah. there's a picture of it yeah. in, the, in the release. That and they you know, so it's, so we lost Rotiers, which was a great place for a cheeseburger oh on a gosh. French roll. I loved that place. I used to go there with. With Rob Galbraith, Ronnie Millsap, Mike Reed, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff back in the 80s. And that was like one of our go-to places. There's a lot of worry that Brown's Diner is not going to make it. Yeah, it did change hands already. I know. So it's been sold, There's, which means it is absolutely going to go away. I think it's probably going to go away at which some point. Which means I should probably go, we should go eat although, there soon. Although I wanted to Tom- go back to Rotier's. Um, I really, really wanted to go to Rotier's before it closed and the pandemic, 86, the, that idea. My hope with Brown is, didn't Tom Morales buy it? 
I think Tom Morales, like I didn't follow. That, I think I think you may be right though. I, that, Tom, that rings a bell. Tom Morales is the guy that runs Acme downtown. Has been in the food business in Nashville. Used to do a catering business, Top Cats Catering. Probably still does. Um, and he is. He was the only sane person on Lower Broadway. He was. The, I mean, they kept Acme closed when everybody else was screaming about opening up. And. Uh, Tom has been around town long enough that he might keep Browns open just out of, out, I mean, he may, he's going to figure out a way to make some money on it, but he might do it. I could be wrong about that. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm now. just speaking out of my rear right now, but you know, yeah, you got to move the mic. Yeah. Well, sorry. Uh, Thank you. You know, the, the business was named for Charlie Brown. Oh, that makes sense. There was Oda's then husband, Oda yeah. Brown. Yeah. But it's funny that his name is Charlie Brown. I used to go to Brown's diner. So I lived, it's at, 21st and Blair Boulevard. Yeah. And when I was in college, I lived at 1906 Blair mm-hmm. Boulevard, right. which by the way, of all of the buildings mm-hmm. that have been torn down in Nashville, Tennessee, in the name of progress, right. to put up something new and shiny and mm-hmm. fabulous. I lived on Blair Boulevard. Right. Now we pay $300 a month, right? Right. It was a square, gray, cinder block, single story building. Right. It's heinously unattractive. Right. Of no value to anyone. Mm-hmm. And it just finally got torn down. I mean, just finally somebody let it go. And so, I mean, I've been waiting for it. You know, it's like yeah. I would go by there with my kids and go like, that's where I used to live, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a horrible dump. Right. We had a great time there, but we would walk to Brown's Diner because it was two blocks away. Right. And back then, back in the 80s, um, certain establishments mm-hmm. in Nashville, which is also uh, referenced in season one of mm-hmm. Cocaine and Rhinestones. Right. Um, they talk about, you know, the pinball machines paid off mm-hmm. shall we say there, yes there was did. gambling yes. there occurred. was of course and browns was one of those places so we would go down there if we had like three bucks mm-hmm. me and chucky uh we would go there and we would gamble the three bucks because mm-hmm. jim had give us a free beer right but he ain't giving us a free hamburger right so if we won we'd eat right if we lost we drink gotcha <laughs> worked out fine but it really is an iconic place it is the most and like every city has this but brown's diner is the most Dilapidated. Oh, it's inexplicably horrible trailer of a restaurant anybody and, could ever go and in. You cannot walk out without smelling like a greasy no, cheeseburger. No, it's absolutely perfect. Uh, the cheese. I love great. everything about it. So all of that's to say, yeah. I mean, I think um, growth is great. We understand progress. I get it. I'm not. I mean, I am becoming a curmudgeonly old man, but I, at the same time, I'm just kind of like you know. It's it's just sad to see well, these places move go. move here because of the Hermitage Cafe and Rotiers. Right. Right. And then we tear them down as soon as right. they get here. It's the ultimate bait and switch. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, I know we've become a foodie town and we got all these cool places. And but that's even great, foodie but... town, like Eastland Cafe closed. This right. Year. Yeah. The Eastland Cafe, which was like kind of the first bougie place to eat in East Nashville. Right. Honestly, never recovered from the pandemic as best I can tell. As, as near as I know. can tell. They just, they tried. They were, it was like on the East Nashville Facebook page. They would constantly talk about how they needed to, uh, um, you know, get more. They needed help. They needed staff. They needed right. this out there. So right. it is It is a sad thing. If you've got a favorite place that went away, let us know. We'll talk about that and research it as well. And maybe even research it better than this because I've been sleepy ever since I got back from well, Madrid. Well, I think it's time for us to go because i got to go, go eat Salvadoran food And you're going to go. So let's go ahead and plug it. So Oh, I can't pronounce it. Um, it's like El Pugilatora or something, something like, like that. that. It's like we go there all the time and we get takeaway uh, pupusas. Yes. 
excellent food, great family-owned place. You're going to love it. Good. And uh, we'll talk about it Yeah, next we week. usually go to Nolensville Road, so this is a new one for yeah, us. Yeah, it's so a lot exciting. closer, it's and it's going to be fun. And remember, as much as we complain about the 40 jealous horrors in Nashville, our houses are not on the market. We love it here, and uh, it's all about making it better. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, we'll, we'll see you around. See you next time. Bye-bye. Used to scraping by and living all alone. Late nights and bad fights ain't nothing new around here. Bring chips, some whiskey, shot, drank all the beer. We got some brand new songs, you wait to play them. Got tons of gigs, no love I'm paying We're here from six to nine I'm playing for beer Which is to drink and Yeah.